Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Hello, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching, and today we are talking all about friends, frenemies, and enemies. Oh my, right? So how to support your child in and teen, preteen as well, in navigating social relationships so that your sensitive kiddo who feels big feelings manages their big feelings by exploding, right? If that's the biggest challenge you're seeing, if your child's having daily meltdowns, hitting, kicking, screaming, or a preteen or or teen is isolating, shutting down and not telling you what's going on, then make sure that that you stay tuned today for today's show so that we're listening and learning all about how to support your, your child in managing their relationships with their friends and their peers, their classmates, et cetera. So why is this important, right? Your, your teen, your, your child, they all need to navigate social experiences so that it doesn't turn into social isolation. So we, see, we hear from parents again and again that sensitive kids can swing from one end of the pendulum to the other when it comes to friendships, right? So sensitive kids can, can tend to feel big emotions that are positive and, and compassionate and exciting. Uh, related to favored friends. And when that friend uh, isn't doing what they expect them to, that can mean that um, as our one of our coaches, Devin, speaks about, you know, the wheels fall off the bus, all hell breaks loose. Um, and then they want to write their, their friend off. So if you have a, a, a sensitive child who can go hot and cold um, with their friends very frequently, then you definitely want to listen in. And then when we think about sensitive kids who are uh, a different show, up in a different way that have a really hard time managing friendships from more of a reserved place. They might uh, lead with an anxious foot and uh, struggle to initiate, maintain, and um, troubleshoot friendships, then we're going to talk about that as well. So I think it's really important to understand the difference here in um, in personality traits for highly sensitive kids and preteens and teens, because many times parents can attribute extroversion to being friendly um, and, and can, can think that an extroverted sensitive kid will be just fine. Uh, because they're comfortable having uh, experiences and 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 talking to people, and they are, as uh, the the term um, speaks about, you know, extroverts are are filled up. They're they're lit up by conversations and interactions with other people. But we know that extroverted, highly sensitive kids can really struggle when things don't go the way that they want or expect them to, just like introverted kids and uh, that are sensitive as well when you don't have those skills. When you're stuck in the meltdown 
done cycle, this is a symptom. Uh, managing and, and expressing and relating to other friends and peers and same aged kids and even older kids or younger kids, etc. Um, it, it's really important to understand that this is part of that meltdown shutdown cycle that that you might be experiencing. So if your sensitive kid is dealing with daily meltdowns, multiple times a day meltdowns, shutdowns, running up to their room, slamming the door, saying they're never going out uh, with friends again, uh, then this is definitely something that you wanna pay attention to. So when we think about the, the challenge that we see for sensitive kids, I wanna speak about a couple of scenarios, right? So your child might notice that uh, their their good friend is having a, a gathering, <laughs> a birthday party, and and or you know a play date or whatever, and when pandemic or not, you're, you're, though that um, that play date doesn't include your child. This can create a lot of hurt feelings, and your child can struggle with their emotions or related to that, and it can lead your child to think that they are not liked. Um, to think that they are not favored, that their friend doesn't want to be their friend anymore. And what's really common for you as a parent is to want to take that pain away, right? I mean, why not? You're their parent. Your job is to help your child thrive, to keep them alive. Um, and also, if you're dealing with the daily meltdowns or shutdowns, you could be walking on eggshells and dealing with tension and really just trying to get through the day, right? So in that moment, it might be a hairpin trigger for you to try to reassure your child, tell your child that everything's going to be okay, that I'm sure that you're sure that they'll get um, invited to the next outing or play date or, or what have you or gathering. And uh, the same thing would be relevant for a preteen who's trying to get together with friends. But with that being said, it's really important to note that the message that you send when you reassure that uh, your child in that circumstance is uh, that, that your child is... Um, needs to get over their big emotion. Um, so so when your child is stuck and you're trying to tell your child that, th that everything is okay, they're not hearing that they ha need to learn any skills to manage with that. They're just hearing that you don't understand them. And that's really important because when we think about parents who are stuck in this pattern where their child is trying to make friends, trying to, to um, keep friends and, and trying to interpret how friends act, uh, especially when those friends don't act the way that they're expecting them to, uh, this can get pretty messy pretty quickly. And if you're in a two-parent household, it can be really tough to stay on the same page as a parent, um, parenting a sensitive kid. Because if you know that your child is uh, worried or frustrated and then your spouse or co-parent is trying to tell your kid that it's going to be a-okay and everything will work out uh, then then it can feel like you're you're trying to to convince your child that they need to get over it and uh, this is a big deal for your sensitive kid especially if they don't have skills to manage their big emotions it's a big deal to to be, deal with those big emotions and so it's really important to make sure that you're validating your child that their experience of feeling sad, disappointed, etc., is uh, an experience that is uh, typical that, that anyone would feel. Um, but that's just one part of it, right? Just helping your child feel like you you understand them isn't uh, the magic pill to helping your kid get over uh, the experience. And what I mean by that is not um, telling them to snap out of it and get over it, right? But to move on, you know, if you're, we see 
parents time and tie up time out and when they when they get on a call with us they tell us that their child can be devastated for days weeks and even want to write that friend off if they're not invited to um to an event or a birthday party or or even just a regular old you know run-of-the-mill get together on a tuesday right so um it's really important that as a parent, you're noticing how when you are giving advice or, or communicating or le- guiding or leading your child to manage their emotions, how you could be contributing to your child learning how to shut those emotions down. And when your child learns how to shut emotions down, they learn how to shut relationships off because relationships are emotional. Uh, we build relationships because we're emotionally tied to other people. That's how we're built. That's how we're created. And so as humans, it's really important for us to understand that that emotion it needs to be dealt with if it's leading to big behaviors. And so when we think about the 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 um, the challenge that you could be you could be working with for your child, I really want to speak about um, what your child's needs are and what your child's needs aren't today. So um, a little spin off on do's and don'ts, right? Uh, what your child needs to learn, and what your child doesn't need to learn, or what they'll what they don't need to learn necessarily um, as the first point from you as a parent. So we're going to talk about this today. So um, what? you know, in, in this given situation, like I said, you know, maybe three friends were invited to, to, to Josie's house and your kid wasn't one of them. She comes home the next day from school. Here's how her, her friends all were, um, having a blast and she was excluded. And, and that's how she's telling you, they didn't invite me. It's the worst. I don't like Josie. I can't believe she did that. This is the, this is terrible. I'm never going to go to her friend. She'll never be my friend again. I don't ever want to be with her. Don't you even think about making me go to her house on Saturday. And for you, you might be like, oh, snap, like, you know, my honey and I have a date and uh, we were really hoping to, to take advantage of that play date uh, with Josie that we had on the calendar for Saturday, right? And, and so if this is where you're stuck, it can be really difficult for you to try to, to navigate and solve the problem as a parent and foster that relationship if your kid is going straight to writing that friend off. And uh, it's really important for you to to stay away from trying to create logical uh, answers for your child's um, emotions. When, when, you know, you might be running through your mind, well, maybe Josie's mom only had three seats in the car picking them up from school, right? Uh, maybe Josie's mom only had uh, enough food in the house for, for three friends. Or maybe they were coming home from their shared soccer practice and and they made the plan then to get together the the next night right so the the reasons why this happened is really irrelevant for your kid and um, that's important to understand because typically as parents we go straight to here's why this happened so you could be prepared for it to happen again it's a thing that happens in life and um, there Let's wipe our hands with this, uh, you know, I've taught you something and then and then we can try to move on and then be puzzled when our kid is dealing with the same problem, you know, their friend Joey was thrilled about um, having having fun with with Annie out at the park yesterday and um and then your friend your 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 child is is coming home saying i'm never going to hang out with Joey he does he never invites me to the park i've never been to the park and uh, meanwhile Joey and Annie ran into each other at the park, right? So it, it doesn't matter 
the, that's the that's the thing uh, for us as adults we're going to be stuck into well why did this happen and how do we prevent it right but that's that's us in our integrated brains <laughs> we can notice our emotions and we can try to solve the problem or prevent them but highly sensitive kids without skills to manage their emotions aren't operating from an integrated brain they're not using their logical side their thinking brain that understands the rules and their emotional side the the creative passionate solution oriented uh, from, you know, thinking outside the box side of, of their brain together. And when that happens, your child can't creatively solve their problems and they can't creatively think about how problems could have come up and can be avoided in the future. And so when you're stuck in that pattern, basically, you know, we speak to our parents a lot. It's, it's basically like you're speaking a foreign language to your kid because you guys are on completely different wavelengths. And so when we think about the, the challenge we hear from, from kids all the time, you just don't understand uh, when parents are trying to, to coach their kids into managing emotions or disappointment or, or worry or concern, um, especially related to friendships. This is the, hu the, the biggest thing that the kids, preteens, teenagers alike, <laughs> you, you know, this is where parents joke that their 16 year old is going on 16 is when their six year old says something like you just don't understand. <laughs> and then obviously we know 17, 16, 17 year olds are saying that to, to their parents all the time, right? Uh, you know, if, if your kid is not that age yet, you remember being an adolescent feeling misunderstood by your, by your parents. Uh, but the challenge is if you see for your teen that, that uh, it's not developmentally appropriate, right, for, for a teen to hole up in their room, be stuck in their room, um, want to isolate, not, not engage with friends in person on a daily, weekly, multiple times a week basis, um, that's really, that really needs to be of concern for you as a parent, even if your teen is talking to their friends online. Uh, because that's that's only one part of social engagement in today's uh, teenage, you know, adolescent world. Um, it is definitely a, a priority for a lot of teens, and it needs to be managed in moderation. They need to be able to ha to to meet with their friends and and be with their friends and and engage with their friends and have commu live communication with their friends, and um, and do things, <laughs> do things rather than just sit and stare at screens, right? Um, or, or meet together to sit and stare at screens. That's a, there's social skills components that are missing in especially uh, sensitive youth who don't know how to manage their emotions because uh, screens can be a um, can be a, a default security blanket when when we're talking about uh, sensitive teens who don't know how to manage their emotions. So. I've made a, a show, you know, done a show about that before, so I'm not going to do that now but um, and go down that whole topic, but certainly um, just keep, keep tuned to any of our channels and you'll be able to, to find more about screen time and healthy screen time. But what I want to about, speak about is, um, you know, regardless of your, how your child, sensitive child or, or teen is trying to initiate friendships. Um, and build friendships, it's also important to notice how is your sensitive chi child keeping those friendships? And that's what we're talking about today, right? So it's important to notice that if, you're, if your sensitive kiddo, uh, and regardless of their age, has an expectation, um, you know, maybe it's Valentine's Day and uh, they were expecting to get a note from uh, their friend or their crush um, and, and they didn't, right? How do they manage that? How do, how do they avoid avoiding that relationship 
um, in the future, right? Because what we know for sure is that sensitive kids and teens without skills tend to write things off. They tend to shut the door, turn it off, right? Um, because when there is no um, dimmer switch in, in big emotions, right? If you don't know how to manage uh, enough to, to decrease the intensity, um, then, it, then it really does feel quite black and white, quite, quite um, like you need to turn it on or turn it off. It's either all the way on on high blast um, big emotions that lead to high blast behaviors like meltdown, shutdowns, refusals, etc., um, or off, uh, and that, that's escape behavior, running away, um, shutting down, refusing to have a conversation, or in this context of friendships, uh, just saying that they'll never, never get together with any other any friend uh, that, th that this is relevant to, right? So when you want your child to build those friendships and keep them, it's really important that you're helping your, your child manage their emotions. That is the key to healthy friendships is healthy emotional management. Um, because if your child can practice social skills, and, and you know we've countlessly worked with um, kids and, and parents of, of these kids and teens who have been to social skills classes, etc. Your kid knows what to say. <laughs> They've heard it, learned it, observed it. They're detail-oriented. They've picked it up. They know what to say. They just don't have the emotional capacity to say the thing, right? There's an there's analysis paralysis or um, a recusiveness happening for your child in the, that moment to, to advocate for their, their own needs and to ask for what they want. Uh, and that's an emotionally driven experience, uh, being trapped in your own mind, in your own heart, um, feeling frozen, feeling stuck, or feeling like you have to explode or demand, right? As we were talking a lot about um, extroversion earlier today, kids who who are bubbly and, and go-getters and, and really want to build friendships and, and try to make friends, um, you know, easily, try to, try to make friends easily, and are really open to that uh, but those those sensitive kids can really struggle with keeping friends because they have ideas of how the uh, the playful experience should happen and then they can be labeled as bossy or um, bullheaded or um, inflexible or stubborn because they don't know how to advocate and cooperate and and collaborate too right so that's really important that uh, being an extroverted sensitive kid poses its own challenges if you don't know how to hear and have a, a back and forth compromising conversation. So highly sensitive kids need to know that, that being, being, feeling left out, feeling like you need to take a, a back seat, to use my example here, to somebody else's playful idea in, in, your, in your friendships and your, when you're playing with your friends, um, that's not your child's fault, feeling that emotional uh, experience of being disappointed, right, or feeling left out, right? But when this is happening and your child is then uh, choosing not to engage in new circumstances, saying they, they won't go to basketball camp, they will not um, join the soccer team um, because they are afraid of, of getting rejected, well, then we run the risk of getting labeled with um, a subset fad like rejection um, sensitivity, right? Um, which is um, a subset of ADHD that some researchers tend to, are starting to claim as, as relevant. Um, with that being said, the highly sensitive personality trait has been around for over 100 years and has been found in over 100 different species and uh, fear of big emotions and being excluded from the environment that you're built to 
care with and for and to consider the collective, that's what highly sensitive people are here for. Um, and so this isn't a, a fear of just being rejected. This is a, th that is one piece of the highly sensitive trait. And so kids who, who have a, an ADHD diagnosis, whether it's appropriate or the, the provider doesn't understand ADHD and sensitivity and how those two things can meld or not, um, and you know, maybe the, the ADHD diagnosis is misdiagnosed, especially if it's a sensitive kid um, who's being misdiagnosed with inattentive type, a uh, sensitive kid who's deep in their own little world and being labeled as distracted. Um, it's really important to understand that when we're, we're, when we're thinking about rejection sensitivity and this fad to label um, Relabel it with this one piece of, of you know fear of being rejected, um, or heightened sensitivity to being rejected. Uh, we're not taking into consideration the entire personality trait that is much bigger than a fear of being rejected, and um, and, and, and 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 an extra emotional experience to rejection. Right. So um, when we think about looking at social relationships, having friends, fearful of losing friends, fearful of ex being excluded or fearful of isolation, and then take into consideration the four components of the sensitive trait that's been studied exclusively uh, since the 90s, but uh, more broadly um, for, for over a century, it's really, really important that uh, we're looking at the whole trait and not just some fad that, that came about um, within the last couple of years. So noticing that your sensitive child is detail-oriented, processing things and thoughts and feelings deeply, is easily overstimulated, is emotionally responsive, which can lead to emotional reactivity or and, and uh, a high level of empathy. And then lastly, um, sensitive to subtle experiences in their environment, whether that be sensory or not. Um, those four components are part of a personality trait, a temperament type, um, not just a label that um, the people who don't know highly sensitive people and the, the trait um, are trying to tack onto an ADHD diagnosis. So when, um, and, and to further pathologize uh, your sensitive kid. And so when we look at that in a bigger picture, your child doesn't wanna be excluded and wants to avoid that emotional experience, the black and white thinking solution is, well, take that friend out of the equation. If that friend is the one excluding me, let's just not hang out with that friend, right? But that's obviously much more simplified and oversimplified as a solution. It, what it shows is that your child is, is not demonstrating creative solutions. That's just one solution, not the most creative, not the most effective, right? Because obviously they have a value in that friendship that they wanna maintain, they just don't know how to do that and advocate for their needs at the same time. And, uh, and this is the challenge, right? And so it's really important that we understand that your child isn't, and, and that we prioritize this. You know this as a parent. You don't want to prioritize your child's belief that they're just a victim, that people exclude them, and then they should just be, they, they should just write those, those kids off, right? Um, and, and so then what the heck do we do, right? What do we do? Uh, it's really important that we first and foremost avoid reassuring, telling our kids not to worry, that there are other kids that they can play with at the playground or at recess or in, you know, at a birthday party, et cetera, whatever um, circumstance that there will be other times. 
Because all of that teaches your child to discount their emotions. Your child doesn't need to um, learn to drop their friends at the drop of a hat when they're unavailable. Their child needs to learn how to manage their disappointment. So uh, the, this is really, really critical because highly sensitive kids also have a strong meter for, for moral um, moral safety, right? When we think about what I was speaking about earlier, highly sensitive people are built into our society um, and and created f in in the human population for a reason and if that's the case which it, which it is it's it's like I said it's been found in over a hundred different species this isn't an accident um, or and highly sensitive people are not a mistake and so if that's the case right there's nothing wrong with highly sensitive people uh, they, they, in this circumstance, if your sensitive kid is dealing with daily meltdowns, you and your child need to learn skills. That's why um, it feels like there's something broken, but nobody's broken here. Um, if that's the case, then we need to, to support your child in understanding the difference between feeling like it's immoral to exclude a kid, right? And, and having that high um, value of fairness and that high uh, value of morality and uh, not going to the extreme that this child who excluded them or simply invited other people and not them. It wasn't, might not have even been an actual um, choice to exclude, right? But facts of the matter can be relative here. Um, that, that your child doesn't write them off as a wrong kid. That's wrong. They're bad. They're not nice. I can't believe they're not kind. If they're not kind, then they shouldn't be my friend right? This is where your child's going down that rabbit hole. And um, it's, it's not fair to be unfriendly like that. Um, and, and so your child can take their high value of morality, part of the trait that is really, really helpful. You know, highly sensitive kids can be the fire alarms for something not working in the community, whether that be in your household family dynamic, or in the school community, or in the larger collective community, right? We go back to understanding that artists, many artists can be sensitive. They're speaking in whatever their medium is, whether that be music or art, et cetera. Um, and, and they're speaking about what they see in the world and, and things that they wanna change and things that they wanna impact. That's a fire alarm. It's, a, it's an effectively channeled fire alarm um, and can be um, a you know, lead to a, to a successful lifestyle if they're regulating their emotions and they can, they can also um, manage making their passion into, um, into a career, right? Um, and so we need fire alarms. We need people to say, hey, this isn't right. Uh, but we need people to do that in an effective way that is collaborative, that solves the problem rather than just shakes a finger um, and shuts people down. And so sensitive kids build that, you know, they have part of this built in. And then we as parents who are raising sensitive kids need to teach our children how to manage that big emotion enough to let that emotion guide their intuition, their gut, and their communication style um, rather than dictate how they communicate. And that's really, really important. Um, and, and skills that they learn need to come from you. So what else does your child need to learn, right? Your child needs to know that they can come to you. Um, your child does not need to, to be encouraged to keep friends uh, that leave them out, but your child also needs to learn that they can come to you if they have a challenge, right? So it's very important that you not dismiss your child's worries or concerns about being excluded because they need to know that they can share those, those worries that if you consider all the facts, might 
be from an adult perspective benign or or um, less uh, of a big deal um, but from a child's perspective it's a huge deal because if that's a huge deal that your child is bringing to you and then you know later on they're being um, actually mistreated uh, or exclusively mistreated or or actually excluded uh, they need to feel safe to tell you all of that so that is really important uh, when they're actually teased they need to be able to share so uh, it's also important that your child needs to that you need to make sure that your child knows that they they don't need to learn to ignore a bully um, teaching your child to ignore people who mistreat them on purpose um, is is teaching your child to ignore their own emotions. Your child does need to learn how to advocate safely, right? With an adult, if they don't feel safe enough to advocate with the child in question, if the child's being teased and their physical safety isn't uh, in um, in jeopardy. Your child isn't is only going to be able to know that if they can trust their danger sense in their in their gut and their, res their responsiveness. But if they're worried, uh, that can be clouded and fear fire alarms can, can sound in their own bodies and their own minds and hearts. And when that's the case, your child can read a situation as actually dangerous uh, when in fact it's just unusual or um, uncharted territory. And um, it, can be, it can be difficult for your child to feel capable of navigating that situation, not only without the skills of what to say, but also without the skills of noticing that they can check their feelings and, and determine whether or not their feelings are facts and based in fact, um, or if they're based in, in worry or the worst case scenario. And then the next thing that, that we want to talk about in terms of the, the, what your child needs and what your child doesn't need um, is that your preteen and teen needs to know that it's okay to not be the most popular. That is completely fine to have a subsect of friends um, that, that have a shared interest that maybe mainstream um, population in, their, in your town, <laughs> in your city, and in, in your kid's school uh, isn't into. That's totally fine, right? Uh, they don't need to be told that friends will come and go, mm -hmm. that they'll find more. Um, that, that experience is, a, is an implied experience that your kid will eventually observe, but it's not something that you need to learn, uh, sorry, lead for your child to, or your preteen or your teen to learn from you um, because they can take that pretty quickly to, to mean that you don't value their, their emotions, their experience right now, that that friend is important to them. Um, you know, being mistreated by a friend or, or being excluded by a friend is a big deal to them. And then um, it is important that your, your preteen and, and teen knows that, that it is healthy and, and more, most appropriate to have in-person friendships and gatherings and outings and mix that with online gatherings and outings. So there is a, um, uh, there needs to be a balance there and that your child can, um, can manage that with your, and your teen can manage that with, with noticing what's available in their schedule and their friend's schedule and then also advocating, hey guys, like we've been playing Dungeons and Dragons or um, some other online game that's uh, more relevant for your kid's age um, here and I would like to, for us to like actually go do that in a field <laughs> and, and play it out and maybe get all dressed up or bring our cards and get together and, and set it up um, with a board game. And, um, and that would be something that your, your teen, preteen or, or kid could advocate for, 
um, and ask around uh, to gather enough people if they have skills to manage big emotions around initiating friendships, social events, etc. And then lastly, which is certainly not least, your highly sensitive kid uh, and, and highly sensitive preteen or teen needs to know that they don't have to pretend to not be sensitive. Um, your, your sensitive child does need skills to a- appreciate their empathy, to, to be able to appreciate their own compassion for other people, to be able to appreciate their sensitivities and accept themselves for who they are uh, so that their strengths are visible, so that they have that capacity to be, feel not only noticed by others, but appreciated by others. We know that, that sensitive kids can um, be short or, or blow up or, or hide. Uh, when they're emotionally uncomfortable in social situations. And uh, in order to sh- shorten that, that uh, likelihood and, and eliminate that likelihood, uh, you as a parent need to be able to teach them those skills to manage their emotions. That needs to be playful. And you need to break down shame, right? That it is totally okay to be a sensitive person, to experience big emotions, that their big behaviors need to shift. And, and that's something that you can do systematically. Now, when we think about being able to do that systematically, it's really important that you're not pinpointing every single thing that your kid's doing wrong all at once, right? So when we teach our clients how to prioritize this, it is much more manageable from a parent's end as well as from a child's end because uh, a child can be discouraged that they just aren't getting anything right pretty quickly when they're sensitive kids. And uh, you really need to be able to manage a positive environment where things are working well and noticing that, but also um, fostering even more awareness for your child to notice that. And uh, that needs to, to be led first in how you parent your child so that they can start to feel even more capable of tackling new challenges and, and learning new skills. And that is super, super important for sensitive kids. And it's how, um, it's how they thrive in, in the world is from that vantage point of a positive parent-child relationship and an environment at home. That family dynamic is super, super crucial. And so if you find yourself struggling to create that for your family, we know you want it. We know you've been trying, Um, obviously. You're here because you're an awesome parent. You've been trying. You have an awesome kid. You just are missing those awesome skills. And if that's the case and you need help breaking out of this pattern, this daily meltdown, shutdown, refusal pattern, um, even multiple times a week, and, and you have a hard time figuring out how your kid can stop writing off social experiences, then we encourage you to book a call. We're happy to have this conversation with our team. Go to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash talk. Support you in talking about how to support your, your sensitive child in breaking out of the meltdown pattern, breaking out of that shutdown pattern, and feeling completely capable of supporting you and uh, supporting them. We, we want you to feel so completely capable of supporting yourself and supporting your child in building and maintaining those skills to, to feel um, socially creative, uh, socially um, as, as an advocate for themselves, uh, and then also socially collaborative. And if that's the, a challenge that you find yourself having with your preteen or teen, uh, for parents of high school age or up, we encourage you to go to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash teen talk. And on that phone call, we will talk to you about where you're stuck, whether or not we're the ones who can help you break out of that pattern 
and uh, what your next steps are to get on that path and, and to make that happen. And if we're the not uh, we're not the best fit to support you in re- meet, meeting your family's goals, um, which you you would need to determine, and and we would support you in in having a conversation about that, then we would uh, have a have resources for you to, and hook you up with resources to make sure that you're on the right path with the right supports. All right. So pleasure speaking with you today. Have a wonderful day and we look forward to speaking with you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of how to parent your highly sensitive child like a ninja. We release a brand new episode every week. So be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen, what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.